Hi, this is Your Health Quickly, a Scientific American podcast series. We bring you the latest vital health news, discoveries that affect your body and your mind. And we break down the medical research to help you stay healthy. I'm Tanya Lewis. I'm Josh Fishman. We're Scientific American's senior health editors. Today, we're talking about a bunch of new blood tests for Alzheimer's disease. They're a lot easier than existing diagnostics, but they may not always indicate disease. And some doctors warn that there are still a lot of questions about treatment. So, Alzheimer's. About 6 million people in the U.S. are afflicted by this type of dementia. It is a thief of minds, a destroyer of memories, and it's a killer with no cure. I've known people who've had it, and it's scary to see what it does. How about you? I've also known someone close to me who has Alzheimer's, and it is a really devastating disease. I mean, it really takes away a sense of your identity and self and really a part of your personality to have this disease. So it's it's hard to watch somebody go through that. Yeah, that thing that you said about like losing your identity, losing your memories of yourself and of the people around you is just a devastating thing. And you also lose the ability to, to take care of yourself, to wash yourself, to cook, to bathe, to do all of these things that you've done for your entire life. They've suddenly become this thing like a puzzle you can't solve. But there are finally some new treatments. One of the hallmarks of Alzheimer's, physically, is a buildup of this warped protein, amyloid beta, in the brain. And there are two drugs, Aduhelm and Lakembi, that are designed to clear out these amyloid clumps. Saying amyloid is a hallmark, though, is different than saying it's a cause. There's been a really long debate over causes, and it's not over. There could be other toxic proteins or lost connections among brain cells that actually cause the disease. Right. It could even be a combination of all those things. But recently, tests with Lakembi suggested that the amyloid-clearing drug slowed down mental decline for several months. So the drug both cleans up amyloid and may help with cognitive problems, at least for a little while. Right. Now, because there are amyloid-focused treatments, even if they're not super effective, companies are rushing to bring out diagnostic tests to tell you if you have abnormal amyloid in your brain. Two of these newest tests look for fragments of the amyloid proteins in your blood. Simple blood tests sound pretty good. So how accurate are they? It turns out that they're good, at least at connecting what's in your blood to what's in your brain. Amyloid starts in your brain, and some of it drifts down your spine in your cerebrospinal fluid. From there, a little tiny bit leaks out into your blood. One test, called Precivity AD, can detect the proteins with 93% accuracy, according to one study. Another test, AD Detect, which was just launched by the big national diagnostic lab, Quest, does it at close to the same rate. And that's compared to the gold standards in Alzheimer's diagnostic tests. And those gold standard tests are a lot more complicated to do. One is a lumbar puncture of the spine, using a needle to draw out spinal fluid. The other is a brain scan called PET that uses a special dye to highlight clumps of amyloid in your brain. And those are the two best at finding amyloid, though doctors will more often start a diagnosis by giving people sophisticated memory tests. 
obtaining a thorough medical history, performing a physical neurologic exam, getting labs, neuroimaging. Typically, that is how we had diagnosed Alzheimer's disease. That is Alzheimer's expert Zaldi Tan. I'm a memory disorder specialist, as well as medical director of the Yona Goldrich Center for Alzheimer's Disease at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, California. Did Tan mention why doctors want blood tests if they already have these lumbar punctures that work well? As a matter of fact, he did. First of all, patients don't like it very much when you do that. It involves a pretty long needle that you have to stick in someone's back and get a sample. Ouch, that sounds painful. No kidding. And as for the PET scans, there are not a lot of places around the country that do them, so there's a long wait. Plus, they're expensive and insurance may not cover them. I can see why a blood test would be more convenient. So the idea is, if tests show you have brain amyloid, you could take drugs that help, right? Right. I sense there's a but coming. Yep. And here it is. We don't routinely look for amyloid in a workup for someone with memory issue because there's a subset of individuals who will get amyloid positivity without having disease. So what he's saying is tests for amyloid can be positive, but people can still be fine mentally? Exactly. He went into more detail. There is a study that's almost 10 years old now where they followed close to 3,000 individuals. And what they found was that people who, have, who are age 50 who have normal cognitive function, that is, they don't have memory issues, even in formal testing, 10% of them will be amyloid positive. And if you look at people who are 90 years old, about 45, 50% of them will be amyloid positive. Again, these are people who do not have memory issues and therefore do not have dementia. Wow, I'd heard that, but I didn't realize it was that widespread. So these new blood tests can detect amyloid, but they don't necessarily mean you're going to get Alzheimer's. Right, and they're not cheap. That Quest test, which people can order for themselves, costs 400 bucks, and insurance isn't going to cover it. And here's another thing. The tests aren't FDA-approved for diagnosing Alzheimer's. It's perfectly legal to put tests like these onto the market for measuring substances in the blood, but not to say that you have or don't have a particular disease. That's an important difference. So say a healthy person takes one of these blood tests and it says they have high levels of amyloid. Has Tan ever had a patient like that? Not yet, fortunately. I'm sure that time will come. And then I'll ask them whether they have symptoms, whether they have functional losses or difficulty maintaining their social function, etc. If they have none of these, I'll probably do a cognitive test. And if they pass with flying colors, I would say, let's just wait and see. Having amyloid positive does not mean that you are going to get Alzheimer's disease. So who should get this test? Like, if you have a family history of Alzheimer's, should you check it out? Maybe if you have close family members who had the disease, plus a few other risk factors, like if you're starting to experience some mild cognitive impairment yourself, or you've had a concussion or some other traumatic brain injury. If you're younger than age 50, you probably shouldn't waste your time or money with the test, Quest says. That is a low-risk category. But what happens if you do get that positive result and then get a medical workup that confirms Alzheimer's? Then what can you do? It's tough. Even the newest drugs like Lekembi may offer limited help, just slowing cognitive decline by five months or so. Right. Plus, a few people in the drug trials had deadly brain bleeds. 
people taking blood thinning drugs may be at extra risk for those. I know. And that's what's tricky about this whole thing. It's very personal and very difficult. Maybe five more months of remembering how to cook a favorite recipe is worth it. That could be really important to you. Or since you might forget that recipe a few weeks later, you don't want to risk damaging your brain even more. These are really tough choices. Alzheimer's is a devastating disease. But perhaps in the future, if the drugs get better, then an early warning of disease from these blood tests may make more sense. Treatment could start sooner, and it might lead to happier results. Your Health Quickly is produced by Talika Bose, Jeff Del Vicio, Kelsa Harper, Corinne Leung, and by us. It's edited by Ella Fetter and Alexa Lim. Our music is composed by Dominic Smith. Our show is part of Scientific American's podcast, Science Quickly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, give us a rating or review. If you have ideas for topics we should cover, send us an email at yourhealthquickly at siam.com. That's yourhealthquickly at siam.com. I'm Tanya Lewis. I'm Josh Fishman. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>